Um, most of you can probably remember from one or two minutes ago uh, that I'm Nathan. Um, I'm uh, continuing our series of talks today on the parables of Jesus. These stories that take deep truths and really bring them alive. Today's parable that we will be unpacking is the parable of the unforgiving servant. This parable talks about forgiveness. It shows how God has forgiven us and also how we should forgive others. So without further ado, here's the passage. This is from Matthew 18, 21 to 35, if you want to follow along in your Bibles. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees and begged. Lost my face. This is going well. Um, and be patient with me, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him. He cancelled the debt, and he let him go. But when the, that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could repay his debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that he had owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. I'll uh, pray now. Um, Lord, thank you for your word. I thank you um, yeah, for this parable, this visual um, story uh, that shows deep truth about who you are, Lord. And I pray that you would really move today among us. I pray particularly in this area of forgiveness. I pray that people would be, feel able to forgive after today. That they would, um, this would be the day they choose to make the decision to feel, forgive people uh, who they need to. And I pray that I would speak not um, what I want to say, but what uh, you want to say, God. Um, and that it would fall on open hearts. Amen. So yeah. This parable speaks of two potential acts of forgiveness. First, the, the master who forgives his servant. And the second, the servant who refuses to forgive his fellow servant for a much smaller amount. 
we'll look at these two events separately and see what they can tell us about one, God's forgiveness towards us, and two, how we should then forgive others. So let's firstly look at this act of forgiveness from the master to the servant. The servant owes, owes the master 10,000 bags of gold, which is a lot. It sounds like a lot, and it is a lot. But just to put this into perspective, other versions, such as the NASB and ESV, use the words talents instead of gold. Now, a talent in those times would have been the equivalent to around 6,000 denarii, and each denarii in those days was about the um, pay for a single day's work as a skilled laborer. This means that if the servant was to work off his debt, it would have taken him about 165,000, not days, not weeks, years, 165,000 years to pay off his debt. In other ways, in other words, sorry, there is no way that the servant could ever pay off his debt. Now, why is this relevant to us? Well, because we are the servant in the story. We owed God more than we could ever pay back. We have all rebelled against God. We have all turned from God and, metaphorically speaking, have spat on his face. How do we know this? Well, it says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God, which shows that we have all gone against God, and we have all turned against him in one way or another. Now, some people would say to this, but I'm good, generally. Maybe I've told a lie occasionally, or maybe I mess up from time to time. But I can't be punished for that, surely. Well, I think this really boils down to who God is. If God was some little spirit or simply some abstract sense of right and wrong, then maybe this argument might hold some water. But God is the creator of the heavens and of the earth. He created every living creature, including us. He created each star in the sky and each drop of water in the ocean. See, if I told a lie to my parents when I was younger, I might get grounded. If I told a lie to a police officer, I might get arrested. If I told that same lie in court, that might be perjury. Now, if, and it, then if I told that lie against a, um, the king or a um, monarch, in, at least in some countries, then that would be treason. So our punishments escalate based on who it is against. Now, if we are sinning not merely against a human authority, but against the king of the, everything in the universe, who is infinitely more powerful than any earthly power, then I would say we are starting to very much to look like the servant. Now, one of God's finest attributes is that he is just and will always serve justice. Now, this is good, but it is bad news for us if this is true. And it is bad news for the servant in the parable, as we know that we are guilty and that therefore we must be punished. But there is good news. There was a debt to be paid, and the master in the parable paid it off. He forgave the servant. The servant who had nothing to give, who could work for a thousand lifetimes and never come close to freedom. The servant who had nothing and could do nothing to let, but lay himself down at the feet of the master and beg. And it is the same for us. There is nothing that we could have done to set ourselves free. 
We are told in the Bible that we are dead in our transgressions and in our sin. So our only option was and, st- and is, if you haven't already, to surrender ourselves to God and to lay ourselves down at the feet of Jesus. And if we have done this, God, like the master in the parable, will forgive us, despite every time we have turned our back on him. But God, as we've established, is a God of justice. The debt must be paid, and the punishment we deserve, which is God's wrath, must be delivered. So to settle our, se- our, to settle our debt, God sent his only son, who he loved, to die so that we would experience forgiveness for our sins. I don't know about anyone else, but I sometimes lose sight and forget the cost of my, cost of my salvation. For our sake, Jesus was whipped, mocked, spat at, and nailed to a cross where he hung, naked, suffocating, until he died, most likely of cardiac rupture or asphyxiation. So now... Let us remember this as we now talk about forgiving others. We're now going to look at the servant's response to being forgiven. And spoiler alert, it's not a good response. The servant is owed 100 denarii by another servant. Now, this is the equivalent of around three months' pay um, at the time. So it is by no means a small amount. Imagine a quarter of your yearly salary was owed to you and how difficult that would be. And then the audacity of the person who owes it to you to tell you, I don't have it, it's gone, but I'll pay you back, I promise. We are not talking about being owed a pint down at Spoons, (laughs) Ethan. Um, (laughs) This is a significant amount of money. See, when reading this parable, It's easy to notice, as I did when I first read it, the difference between the 100 um, denarii that the other servant owed and the 10,000 bags of gold that the um, master had already forgiven. And I'll come back to that, as that is important. But it did mean that I missed something, that forgiveness can be a challenge. It can be difficult. Often, someone has really hurt you, or you feel betrayed, Maybe, like the servant, it's financial. And someone or someone's borrowed something and hasn't given it back. So why should we forgive then, if it is so difficult? Well, number one, because we are called to model ourselves after the master. As briefly mentioned, although the cost can be high for us to forgive, the cost of our forgiveness that has been paid already through Jesus' life and death will always be higher. In fact, in the parable, the first servant's debt was a hundred times that of his fellow servant. Now, so far, we've looked at these um, amounts in terms of the money of the day, but I think that the NIV version is really, um, that I initially read out, is really helpful in visualizing these amounts. It compares 10,000 bags of gold to 100 pieces of silver. So in this, we see the obvious numerical advantage, 10,000 of the gold to 100 of the silver. But we also see the comparison between gold and silver. 
gold obviously being much more valuable. On top of this, the silver is not in bags like the gold, but is instead in singular pieces, which I imagine to be like coins. So Jesus, through this comparison, is showing us that while it might sometimes be a sacrifice to forgive, we are able to do so in light of the extraordinary sacrifice that has already been made for us. The second reason to forgive, because it's so countercultural, especially in the time we live. Cancel culture has led to people being dragged through, through the mud for things they have done several years ago, maybe even decades. But we know that Jesus was not a fan of cancel culture. He looked past people's mistakes and hung around people who had done unfavorable things in the past. We saw this with the woman who was caught in adultery, who Jesus stood up for in John chapter 8, famously stating, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. She was looked down upon because of her past, but Jesus did not condemn her. Instead, he defended her and said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. He did not excuse her behavior, but he forgave her. Focusing on the future and who she is now that she knows him. Now, why is it important that we live counterculturally in this area of forgiveness? It's not that we can say, look at me, and I'm so great. It is so that we can say, look at him, and that we can say that he is great. And that because he is great, that we are able to do these things. Every time we choose to follow God over the culture, we are showing more of his character and of who he is. Lastly, and I'll finish with this, there is a warning at the end of the passage. The master does not let the servant who refused to forgive off lightly. It says that the master called the servant in, which is never good, good news. Being called into the boss's office, not good. Um, so he was called in. You wicked servant, master said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back his debt. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is how crucial forgiveness is, that there is such a consequence of not doing it. The topic of forgiveness is a big topic, of which I've only scratched the surface of today. But one thing I believe is clear, that as sons and daughters of Christ, forgiveness is an essential part of the Christian life, and that in light of all that God has done for us, we must look to forgive at every opportunity to do so. So how do we respond to these things that I've talked about? Firstly, if you have never heard about God's forgiveness before and you want to seek God's forgiveness today, then please speak to me or one of the elders um, today after the meeting. Um, and secondly, if there's someone who you need to forgive today, if there's someone who the Holy Spirit has been nudging you through the uh, whole meeting possibly, I pray that today will be the, 
day that you decide to do so. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening. I hope this will prove beneficial to you. Um, and I'll now hand over to Rachel, who will lead us um, in a response time. Uh, thank you.